Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bank at Night. Quick turnaround. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. See, we're still before 7 o'clock. That's how quick we are, Julio. You are, uh, you are a pretty quick guy. We don't like you? commercials. We just, just talk it's, radio. It's more us. That's fine. We'll just talk radio. It's fine. No Royals today. We'll just talk some NFL. We talked all Royals last night. But I'll still talk with you. If you want to talk Royals, let's talk Royals. We started with Bobby Witt. Which, by the way, I'll talk Bobby Witt again real quick. Here's some numbers for Bobby Witt. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. yesterday. This is from MLB.com. See if you knew any of these. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff put out on Bobby Wood Jr. All right, so he hit one ball 110.4 miles per hour. That's the one that he hit in the corner. That was the hardest hit ball of the game um, for either team. That ball there, okay, that's one thing. Sprint speed of uh, sprint speed of 30.8 feet per second on one of his runs on the bases. 30 plus feet is considered elite MLB speed. Uh, again, we're More talking five tools here. He made an 88.6 mile per hour throw from third base. Remember that throw he made Did from third base, number. which he got rid of in just 0.70 seconds to get uh, yeah. Andres Jimenez, who's very fast, out. That was a uh, that was a very impressive play, by the way. So there's just some other numbers from elite speed, elite throwing arm. So he's elite, elite power, right? He can do everything. He can do everything. It's not an exaggeration. Like we talked about it last night. We can say as many nice things as we want about him, but when J.G. Piccolo is saying things about him, when Dayton Moore, when MLB Network saying things about him. First game of the season. Oh, by We're the way, crown him. he's already on the graphics. Like, quick pitch last night. We're showing, like, you know, different players. Up. They had him. Like, it was not, not from the game, but just before. He was, like, wearing a blue jersey at that point. It's like, that's the kind of run he's getting. Like, he's getting yeah, that man. national run already to be a face which it needs to be. And I told you, and I talked to Vern about this too. I I threw Bo Bouchette in the category of good young talent, which I think he can be. But you know, like having a Cunha, having a Soto, you know, having one of these guys that everybody else got these nice shiny toys, where's the Royals? Yep. Well, you got it now. Yeah, he Like we talked about yesterday, he has the potential to be the face of baseball. Like Hosmer and Moose, good players, they weren't fine the players. Of baseball. But that was a good team. That was just a team a when you team. think about that team. I yeah. mean, Sal Perez really kind of stood out. He was a World Series MVP, but his best year was last year. Like hitting 48 home runs yep. and 121 RBI, that was his best year was with this group. It's, it's a blend of young and old. It's 
They're really an interesting team. I, I really like the mix, and I think this is exactly where the team needs to be right now. I mean, I just, good mix. Yeah, I just like, uh, you know, bringing in Grinky to help the young pitchers. Yeah, no, things exactly. Like the, you know, having Sal Perez behind the plate with some of those guys, where they pan out or not, that's the key. That The whole season will depend on these arms. It's yeah. going to depend on Chris Bubich. If the pit can Bernie Singer get back in the rotation, what's Brad Keller going to do? Because to me, he's the big cock. Yeah. Like, that's the, we already know what Zach Grinky can do. But what Brad Keller, what's going to be his value going forward? Like, that's where the Royals stand. From Big Al, he says he has a good point about Mahomes talking about Scott Goldbranson. He hasn't got better, and he lost Tyreek Hill. He has gotten better. Now, I know that he had his, his moments last year when you think, oh, he struggled, but those are good to go through. Like, it only makes you stronger when you face some kind of adversity. When teams are doing everything they can to stop you down, and yet you're still able to have success, that makes you better. I mean, Steve yeah. Young said the best thing when he was talking about the Chiefs uh, with Dan Patrick. He said, yeah, you know, when, when, when they ran the West Coast offense, teams found a way to slow it down and stop it, but they made adjustments to come back. And for the most part, the Chiefs did too. And whether you want to listen to me or not, the Chiefs did lead the all-NFL teams in points per drive. Now, his stats... 4,839 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Those are, those You'll take are those numbers. anytime. Yeah, those are big-time numbers. You'll take those numbers anytime. And you might say, well, and this is with teams figuring him out. He almost throws for 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns with teams figuring him out. That's his floor, basically. Now, running the football, he ran for more yards than he ever has. 381 yards out on the ground. That puts him more than 5,200 all-purpose yards. For the season. So 381 yards rushing. It's most he's ever had. Of course, there is that extra game uh, last year. And he only played in 15 games the year before. Because that was the, you know, they played the JV in that game. 5.8 yard average. That's a good average. It's a good scrambling average. But the pack did come back to him. But what, do you want to see him with a full range of wide receivers and Travis Kelsey? Like, it's great they bring in Juju and MVS, but I'm really hoping in the draft they hit another one. I want to see what he can do with full weapons. I want to see what he can do like Peyton Manning, him, and Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. I want to see what he can do with those Love guys. Love that. Give me, a, give me Jameson Williams. Give, give me Jameson Williams. I'll take him. Do you know the Packers have not drafted a first-run receiver since 2002? That, that is insane. And having the quarterback that you've had to not, to not put, a, put in any investment really whatsoever into that position, now they got – I won't say lucky with Devontae Adams. They drafted him. They should get credit for it. But, man, not to draft a wide receiver with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback that entire time. And he, he's not saying a word either. Man. Which usually he complains a lot, well, like especially getting, when they drafted Jordan Love and all that. Like, they get rid of Devontae Adams at MVS, and he hasn't said crap. They paid him, though. They paid him. I was going to say. And you're making that kind of money to shut up. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, at, when that first happened, I kind of thought, oh, like, that's what Aaron Rodgers gets. Like, but now the more that I thought about in the – I'd say the lack of his conversation around what happened is that he he was told beforehand this time, right, that that was going to happen. He knew he was going to get paid, Devontae was going to get moved, and he's going to have to deal with it. And he was okay with that. Yeah. Right? And 913 points out. conclusion. Some of those interceptions were on battered balls. 100%. Yeah. Tyreek. <laughs> Tyreek Hill had yeah. a couple of those. The bounce yeah. right out of his hands into being an interception. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes did deal with that. But I will say this. The season still ended in the AFC title game. 
Like four straight years of starting, four straight years of being the AFC title game. That was his off year. We went from 1970 right. to 1994, one AFC title game. And then from 94 until Mahomes led the Chiefs back to the AFC title game in 2018. We're spoiled. We're spoiled, Dink. Um, according to Matt McMullen with the Chiefs, the only other players in NFL history to throw for 4,700 yards and 35-plus touchdowns Three or more times are Drew Brees and Tom Brady. That's it. That's, good That's the list. Who each did it four times. Four times Brady and Brees have gone 4,735. Mahomes has already done it three times it's a good in company. his young career. Yeah, He's done it three times in four years. Three times in four years. So the perception is, did he come back? Have you seen his like, work, he's like working out like a madman down in Texas? Like he's not taking days off. And like Juju and... MBS, all those receivers, even Fountains down there. They're working, Dieter, all those guys working out with him down in Texas. Is McCole Hardman down there? I don't think McCole is there. Bob asked me about that this morning. <sighs> is, is, there, is there a picture going around that didn't have him there? I, I don't know, but just some of his comments from last season about the lack of importance that he feels of working with Mahomes in the offseason, it just – you got to put the work in, man. I'm what? not saying he doesn't, but – it's not, the, it's not a great look, if you ask me. Well, I'll go My back opinion. to that Cardinals game. Remember when uh, Hardman had to be the number one because yeah. Tyreek Hill wasn't playing in that game, and they were kind of out of sync? Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about that. Well, why wasn't Hardman in sync? Yeah. And even some of the comments Andy Reid made after the game and stuff like that. Like, I don't know why he's not down there. I mean, maybe he has a, a reason. I mean, who, I who mean, knows? I, I Life guess, does happen, and you have reasons. I don't know. When you have – I feel like if you have an opportunity that he now has, right, you, you are no longer under the shadow of Tyreek Hill. Right, this is your chance to shine. You would think you'd go out of your way to to maybe build a little bit more chemistry with Patrick Mahomes at this point in time, especially knowing you're going into a contract year. But here's the thing: Would you say he's gotten better? Because when, when teams make constant adjustments, mm. when people consider you public enemy number one, and they game plan just to stop you, defenses. I mean, how I'd love to be a running back for this team because everybody's paying attention to Mahomes. And what he's doing, trying to come out with schemes to stop the Chiefs' offense. Which I'll give Tyreek Hill a lot of credit because he became a different receiver. He did whatever he had to do to get the football. He had 111 times franchise record. Like, he became that all-around receiver, which I think only helps him in the future whenever the speed starts declining. I, I don't know that I would say he's gotten better. I mean, I guess, yes, to a certain extent he's gotten better. Last year, you know, he did, as the season progressed, he got better, but I don't necessarily know if that was due to his his improvement skill set-wise or that the Chiefs were just finding ways, finally figuring out ways to better utilize him. And I think it was more a product of the system than necessarily him improving his skill set. Well, he was forced to be more patient. Like, he was forced to be a different kind of quarterback yeah. because instead of just looking downfield, just airing it out, throwing, like, he had to change. It wasn't about going vertical or nine rounds yeah. or anything else. He had to adapt in what he did and become a more patient quarterback. I think that stuff makes you better. I think when oh, you're yeah. seeing oh, yeah. everything thrown at you, what he's seen, and you're processing it and remembering it so it doesn't happen again. And, again, the Bengals game was terrible. Like, I don't know was, what happened. Well, say this, the Bills game was fantastic. Yeah, He was great in that Bills game. The Grim Reaper lead them down with 13 seconds. Why do you got to bring that up? I'm just saying. The Grim Reaper would have been known forever. 
Did you get a T-shirt? What am I going to do with that T-shirt? Did you really get one? I, yeah. The, the, the lady was nice enough to get it for me. I, I didn't technically get it, but I have one. What am I going to do with it now? And like, I can't do anything. I can't not wear it because she got it for me. They needed to win the Super Bowl for that play to I live know. on. Like, do we have time to run Wasp, 65 so toss power trap? I'm just irrelevant. saying. It's irrelevant. I never knew you subject. went and got a Grim Reaper T-shirt. Sore subject. You know what? I'm, I'm going to wear it next time we're on air together. Did you see, okay? Did Just you see? For you. Did you see all the people wearing Grim Reaper outfits at the Bengals game? Yeah, I was one of them. Bink. No, you didn't wear the outfit with like the oh, battle axe yeah, or anything. Yeah, I'm yeah, talking no, the full talking like the costume. I'm not talking just the T-shirt like you, Julio. Yeah, I'm you're talking, talking about the costume. The full-on costume. Yeah, well, we see. We all saw what happened, so you know. I mean, the it's Grim Reaper. Yeah, they came for us. The Grim Reaper came for us that next game. Yeah, it was fun. Remember the? Uh, it was not fun. Remember all the uh, people from Kansas City donating to the uh, Children's Hospital in uh, in um, Buffalo after yep. that game? Bills fans are pissed, man. <laughs> like, they are. <laughs> but you know what? They have themselves to blame that they even played in Kansas City in the first place. Yep. Yes. They, yeah, they no Because they helped themselves. serve, but terrible losses put them yep. there. Like, they should not have had to come to Kansas That's the first question they, they need to ask themselves. did they lose to the Jags? Why were they doing? What were the? Yeah, Miles named the sixth to Jacksonville <laughs> by field goals to that crap team. They lost right? by three points. Three points to that team. They melted down, that and was, they lost to Pittsburgh at home in Week One. Yeah, remember Pittsburgh came down and hammered them. No, no one to blame but themselves. So, yeah. interesting stuff. Regardless, Chiefs sitting in the NFL draft. Raiders have five, five picks. Chiefs have twelve. Will they take all twelve? They have in history. I'll let you know when. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez, Thor Nystrom, NBC Edge joins us talking draft at 7.30. Well, we all know Thursday, April 28th, the first round of the NFL draft, starting at 7 o'clock. We'll be live for that uh, for you, and then rounds 2 through 3 are at 6 o'clock on Friday night. Don't forget the Raiders don't pick till the uh, 86 pick in round 3. Chiefs are uh, full of picks. Two first round, two second round, two third round, two fourth round, a total of 12 draft picks. Rounds 4 through 7 start at 11 o'clock a.m. on Saturday, and we'll be here live covering that as well. Now, the NFL draft um, was founded in 1936. It was nine rounds. Went to 20 rounds in um, 1939, 30 rounds in 1943, 25 rounds in 1949, 30 rounds in 1950, back down to 20 rounds in 1960. Imagine having a 20th round pick or a 30th round pick. 17 rounds in 1967. 12 rounds in 1977. Then they went all the way till 1993 where they went to eight rounds and then down to the seven rounds that we have today in 1994. Now, the Chiefs have 12 picks. You've heard a lot of people, including myself, saying, well, I don't see them getting 12 picks. I don't see them taking 12 picks in the draft. Can you tell me what the last year the Kansas City Chiefs took 12 picks in the NFL draft because they did take 12 picks in a year that's not so far away. Uh, let's let's go. 
had to be a year coming off of a year where they weren't very good. So let's go 2012. 2008. 2008, okay. they took it was Glenn Dorsey in the first round. That was the year that Brandon Albert was taken to yep. in the first round. Uh, Braden Flowers drafted as well. Jamal Charles it's in a, the third round. Damn good draft class. Brandon Carr was drafted yeah. uh, then as well. It's a pretty damn good draft class. They've had a lot of years where they've drafted nine, like 2009 and uh, 2011, where they took Baldwin, Hudson, Houston, Allen, Bailey. Who was that? Uh, who was that first round draft pick again? Uh, Jonathan Baldwin. How how that it did out? not work out. Oh, okay, they did not grow. Okay. They take a nine before, so to sit here and say, well, they can take eight. They're going to take nine again. Seventh rounders are tough to get rid of. You tag them in. Well, you tag them in when you're getting rid of another round. And this is a uh, they're very deep in the positions. This draft is very deep in the positions that they're in need of. So, you know, well, I, I just find it, I just find it interesting that they have taken twelve before. They do they do move up at some point. I'm not sure what round that's going to be, right? But Veach is too aggressive not to think he's going to use at least some of these picks to to move up somewhere. See, and the thing is, too, they've got so many picks. But you think about Brett Veach moving up and down, like he's very active during the draft. But why would they want to move down? You know what I'm saying? They'd move down if they were sitting here with five or six picks in the draft. You move down, pick up extra picks. But when you're sitting there with two ones, two twos, two threes, two fours, Unless you want to take one of your ones and get an extra second and a third and do it that way. But you do have a lot of picks. Now, you don't have fifth and sixth round. Like, those are, those are the two rounds. The Tons Chiefs, of seven round picks. Seventh round four picks. Four seventh round yeah. picks. So, if they wanted to trade back from one of the picks in a third and fourth to get a fifth or sixth, I could see them doing that. But you're probably better off getting better talent staying with the third or fourth round. But I don't think that allure is there for the Chiefs to trade back and get more picks because they don't need more picks. Because they already got twelve. Well, and if and, anything, they're moving up. Well, and majority, yes, and majority of those of those draft picks, right, are kind of towards the back end of of a lot of those rounds. So it just makes sense that they're it's more likely for them to move up than to move down, depending on where we're at in the draft, right? I mean, I, I could see them moving back. I don't know, maybe in the third round a little bit if something slides to get a couple more draft picks. Maybe the second round, definitely not the first round though. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 don't I, have them stay, I have them staying put. Yeah, I, 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 that's where my money would go. I have them staying put at 29 and 30. I do yeah. have them moving in the second round. Yeah. Up to the top of the second round. You don't think so? You're not buying Sacrificing into this Sacrificing a third and a seventh and flipping, flipping pick. Um, well, I got a new mock coming out next week. <laughs> I have them pl- flipping pick 50 with the Jets picking 38 because they picked 36 as well. What about? So the Jets have two first round picks. And they've got 38 and 36 in the second round. That's a team I feel like might do business with you. Yeah. Are, are you not buying into the rumors of them trading up in the first round and maybe getting rid of the, one of those uh, first round draft picks to move up to, uh, I don't know, 15, 20 spot, somewhere in there? Get one of those elite uh, Jameson Williams type receivers? Yeah, Jameson Williams a, a coming end. off the ACL. That's, but who, who are you going to move up with? That's the question. Like who, that is like, the question. I know McShay had his latest mock draft and he had the Chiefs moving with the Chargers. Why would the Chargers, why would the Chargers do that? I don't silly. think they're going to play nice with each other like the Dolphins no. and Patriots are doing. No, why Why would they? They've made those these this many moves in the offseason because of the Chiefs. Why would they do and that? And I don't know if it's worth it to trade up to get the wide receiver when there's going to be plenty sitting there at the end of the first round hill. A lot of the great receivers aren't even first round picks. Yep. Tyree Kill, fifth round pick. Devontae Adams. 
Second-round pick, D.K. Metcalf. You can make an argument it's the top three receivers in the NFL. None of them were first-round picks. Yeah. And a lot of Antonio Brown, mid-round pick. I mean, a lot of these guys weren't first-round picks that are great wide receivers. Now, you do get good receivers in the first round, but if you're sitting there at the end of the first round, why not sit there and try to get edge as well? Like, trading up for edge is what I do, Julio, if there was different edges in this draft. I mean, I like the depth of it. But unless you're going up and getting Jermaine Johnson, yeah, you truly believe in no. him. You're not getting Aiden Hutchison. Yeah. And Thibodeau's got so many good and bad things about him right now. I don't know. I still think that's a real crapshoot to move up and get him. They could move up to 10 if they really wanted to. Yeah. The, if they wanted you'd to. You'd have to give up a lot of assets for that. Do you have a justification to do that? Because that's no. where they went up and got Mahomes. Yeah, now, are you taking like a Jermaine Johnson right. is the same as a Patrick Mahomes? Or do you stay at 29 and 30 and take wide receiver and edge and take care of him there and then move up in the second round? That's where my money's at. Because Veach was nails last year in the second round getting Creed Humphrey and Nick Bolton. Oh, those are 100% nails. Excellent picks. Yes. And he called that the hot zone. The hot zone trading up again in the second, third round. But I haven't going up to 38 for the Jets because uh, the Jets have picked 35 and 38. So you, you have to find those teams to move. Now, there is rumors that uh, the Minnesota Vikings could come into play for the Kansas City Chiefs. They picked 12. Oh, yeah? Well, you have to look at who would do business with them. Like, some have the Ravens doing I don't have – I think the Ravens are done doing business with the Chiefs after Orlando after Brown. After getting fleeced by, for Orlando Brown, you don't think they have more in them? The Chargers definitely aren't. I do think one of the sweet spots is – and it's not going to cost you as much to move up just a couple spots, but, but 22 and 28. It's concerning. It's yeah. Green Bay Packers have both those picks. And they need exactly what the Chiefs need. They need wide receiver and they need edge. Hell, they need a lot of wide receivers. There's a lot of mocks that have the Packers taking two wide receivers there because they lose Devontae Adams and MVS. Chiefs are actually in a better spot than they are a wide receiver. And they lost Darius Smith on defense. So we think uh, the, the Packers are going to go how many years, did you say, without? Picking a first round. I think this is the year. But then if you so look now they go two. If you look in between twenty two and twenty eight, Arizona, Dallas, Buffalo, and Tennessee in the box. Now, as far as the teams that would probably do business with the Chiefs, the Cardinals at twenty three. Cardinals are the Bucks. But they're building that team too. Yep. And yeah, they feel that they're, they're, they're not far receiver. away. Dallas. Possibly Chiefs have done business with Dallas in the past. I think they're okay, too. They're okay wide receiver-wise. They've done business with Dallas. Buffalo's not doing business with you at 25. No. Tennessee's not doing business with you at 26. Nope. And I doubt the Bucks are at 27. I could see the Bucks. I mean. I mean, they just played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a couple years ago, and they got to play them again this year. I don't know if they would do business with the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Majority of those teams would not, though. I think Arizona uh, would be right. your best bet at 23. Yeah. If you were going to try to get up between the Packers. Yep. And then are they going to try to play differently and move up even more? Because they're in position to go up and get maybe a Garrett Wilson or Jamison Williams. But again, I don't know if they want to take a risk like the Chiefs on somebody that was injured because they need help right away. It's like the Chiefs on edge. Like David Ojabo would be a guy that they could take at edge because he's going to be sitting there. You know, would have been a top 12 pick, but now he's going to be at the end of the first round because he tore his Achilles at his pro day. So which direction are you going to go? Chiefs kind of do need some immediate assistance in both of those positions. So I don't know. There's just like the Packers. I mean, I 
if it were me, I would I would be fine with them taking a chance on top 10, 15 talent at the back end of the round because of injuries. It's weird. That's and just me. I floated something out earlier this week, Khalil, for you with me. But 28, they're uh, top 20 sackers last year in the NFL. There's 28 of them because there's eight that were tied. 18 of them were picked in the first round. I love that 18 stat. of the 28. Yep. 12 of them of the edge rushers, top sackers, were picked 1 through 15. So history would say, if you want an elite pass rusher, you've got to get in the top 15. This year's draft would say otherwise. It's true. This year's draft would say Good you point. might be better off because this is the anomaly. This is the asterisk. Like This year's the complete asterisk to that stat. And that's what we're being told anyways. We're, We'll talk, uh, looking at the draft from a different perspective from NBC Edge. Thor Nystrom next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to Bank at Night, Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. Talking NFL draft as we get ready for the Kansas City Chiefs and the 12 picks of the Kansas City Chiefs. And joining us now, the senior content creators, college football NFL draft at NBC Sports Edge. And he's got a great piece out there right now on running backs. It's part three on the uh, top three um, per play on FBS uh, running backs. Uh, Thor Nystrom joins us now. What's up, Thor? How you doing? Hey, you know what? Uh, you're So you're from Minneapolis. I talked to my friend uh, Henry Lake, does radio up there in Minneapolis, said you've talked draft with him before. Of course I have. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, so you know Henry. But you've just uh, finished a uh, part three of your piece here on running backs, which I think is interesting because I think the Chiefs are actually in the market for a running back as well. I know it sounds weird that they got Clyde Odor-Jolaire and they go out and sign Ronald Jones, but I do think they take a running back in the draft kind of in the mid to late rounds, which you think of these running backs, and I think Pro Football Focus had their top 100 board, and they had like, 16 edge, 14 receivers, only four were running backs. What do you think about these running backs? I, I think it's a decent class. And I, I think, you know, PFF sports specifically, that's speaking to, you know, in, in some ways the, 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 the devaluing of the position and then how specifically they devalue it in, in their metrics. But I, I think because of that, to your point, if the Chiefs are looking for a mid to late round running back, there's going to be some pretty good ones available. I, I think there's pretty good depth in this class, and we know the teams aren't going to overdraft them. And the one thing is, is one of the guys I really like, and I know he's on your right up here, and that's uh, Tyler Algier at BYU. He, he's got that tough running ability about him, and not only that, Andy Reid has a soft spot for BYU guys. <laughs> that's right, yeah. I mean, he, he's a very hard runner. He's a thumper, and in college he had a series of long, explosive runs. My concern about his projectability at the NFL is he's not much of a receiver and a lot of those explosive runs came against bad competition, bad defenses when he was running behind a really good offensive line. But the, his physicality is going to play for sure, um, and, and the rest of it we'll, we'll see. But um, you know, just as far as a pure early down runner, and obviously the Chiefs already have their receiving back, he could be seen as a complimentary guy for sure. Who do you really like, though? Because I know there's James Cook out there that was uh, you know, Dalvin Cook's brother. Zamir White actually had more yards on that uh, – on that Georgia Bulldogs offense this year. Anybody really sticking out? What do you think the first running back going in this draft is? I think th there's a shot that Brees Hall could go to, like, to the Bills, probably would be the earliest late first round. Um, if, if, if the first running back doesn't come off the board there at the very end of the first, he's going to come off very, very early on Friday night. You know, it will be one of the first few picks there. So that, that's definitely the sweet spot for the, the first running back, like 25 
to 40. And then, you know, as, as far as like looking around at the running backs, thinking about it from the Chiefs perspective, again, you already have a really, really good young receiving running back. So if I'm them, I'm looking for sort of the meat and potatoes early down guy. I'm not, you know, not, not a James Cook, who's a Georgia back, who's just a receiver, but, but more of the, the other thing. Uh, if you want to go on the more physical side of the spectrum, we, we already mentioned uh, Algier. Brian Robinson from Alabama is a hammer back that's, that's going to get you yards. Very efficient guy. Um, hard charger forward. Kevin Harris from South Carolina is a younger guy who's sort of off the beaten track. If, if you're going later on, that I think would make a lot of sense. Um, extremely physical runner and very talented. He's bursty as well. It's just last, he, he's sort of dinged right now because last season he played through a back injury that he, he'd suffered in the offseason. And because of that, didn't, you know, wasn't able to get as much work. They, they also had a loaded backfield playing behind a bad offensive line. But he was more sharing uh, touches, wasn't moving around as well, and wasn't quite as physical as the year before. But as, as he got healthier later on down the stretch, you saw him dominate UNC in the bowl game, sort of getting back to what he'd been in 2020. And he was a, a real breakout star in 2020. So I, I think you could get a little bit of a discount on a guy like Kevin Harris, and that might appeal to, to the Chiefs as a compliment to Clyde edwards Lair. Yeah, you know, one thing too, Thor, is, you know, with uh, Valdez Scantling, and uh, which is a very good blocker, and Juju Smith-Schuster, which is a very good blocker as well, and the Chiefs, it depends on the other the draft, who else is a wide receiver for this team, but could be kind of a seismic shift where that catching the football on the backfield is important because the screen game became more and more prevalent with the Chiefs as the year went on, and now you add these two blocking receivers in there as well. We could see, well, Andy Reid values pass-catching running backs. Thousand percent, he does. Yeah, and I'm pretty bullish on Edward Zelaire because of that. Obviously, he was Mahomes' handpicked guy, but you saw in 2019 with LSU once once Edward Zelaire really got going, and then they started putting up, you know, lining up up in the slot, pre snap motion, doing all this different stuff with him. That was when their offense became ridiculous, like when it truly ascended to one of the great units in college football history. It's when Edward Zelaire was the legitimate fifth receiving option, and you know, again, could be deployed anywhere and make plays all three levels of the field. You have that. You're just looking for the early down guy. I just mentioned some of the thumpers. There's an early down back in this class that I think could also appeal to the Chiefs, sort of in the opposite line of thinking. Pierre Strong Jr. from oh, South yeah. Dakota State, extremely athletic. He's, he's a big play waiting to happen. He's sort of in the phylum of like uh, – a Tevin Coleman or a Daryl Henderson from the from the recent class, where he's looking for that runway, he, he's hunting for the runway downfield, and he's ridiculously explosive through the hole once he finds it. And once he gets into the open field, it's it, it, it's good night, Irene. He he ran for the fastest forty, tied for it with Isaiah Pacheco from from Rutgers at four three seven at the combine, and and just ridiculously explosive. The, the, the knock on him, you're coming up from the subdivision without a lot of receiving skill into a pro league that, that has become this passing league. So you're not going to be able to use him on, on the passing downs. But again, the Chiefs already have an awesome passing down back. So I, I think Strong could make sense, too, for a team that I know prioritizes athleticism in big plays. Thor, we've seen the, the seismic shift with safeties that could play slot corner. Do, do a lot of stuff that, like the Honey Badger did here with the Chiefs. We see more and more of these hybrid safety linebackers in the NFL and certainly in the draft of some of these guys as well, like Lewis Seen. But the bottom line is, when you think about these hybrids, what about these wide receivers we're starting to see play more and more running back? You know, like the Debo Samuel types, like Cordell Patterson. More and more of these guys I keep hearing, well, they could be in the bowl. Like Traylon Burks, they even say he can run the ball a little bit too. I, I'm still skeptical about that. I have seen him do it. Christian Watson uh, does that as well at North Dakota State. But 
Do you see anybody that reminds you of a Debo Samuel? I know I'm, I'm asking you to, to say something of uh, one of the best players in the NFL, but that seems to be kind of the hot trend right now. The, the closest to that utility, and I agree with you on Burks, they, they did all this different stuff to manufacture him touches, but I think the lack of uh, uh, sort of world-class, for lack of a better term, world-class athleticism with Burks, I think in the NFL that shrinks his utility a little bit more where you're trying to develop him more as the outside receiver. You're not going to funnel all these touches to him when you're going to have better you know, guys on, the, uh, on your roster that are better for those specific tasks. However, I, I would say that Christian Watson is the guy in this class that has the closest to that. You, you, you mentioned it. But in the end-of-round game, he's really, really dangerous because he's so dang fast, like legitimately world-class speed, ran in the mid-4-3s, um, and he's a very good open-field runner and stuff like that, runs fearless. The other thing with him that, that sort of is analogous to Debo Samuel, at least at North Dakota State, they would do some cool things where they would bring him back into the backfield and then hand him the ball off. And he erases angles and makes things very difficult for, for, you know, collegiate front sevens that aren't used to getting that look. And of course, the guy's 6'4, 210. So the other thing is, you know, and, and you saw him at the end of all those Trey, Trey Lance bombs, you know, last year with Trey Lance's tape. Watson was the guy that was cooking all those cornerbacks and reeling in all, all those long touchdowns, 60 yards downfield. So you know, you have that, that pop the top utility. He blocks his butt off. He's one of the best blocking uh, wide receivers in this class. North Dakota State, you don't block, you don't get on the field, and, and you keep dang good at that. And then you got the, the running utility. The one thing we didn't see with him in college was as much of the intermediate stuff in the, in the fuller route tree just because of the way that NDSU's offense is constituted. But we saw it, it, it down in Mobile at the senior ball that he could absolutely do that. He, he was doing a lot of damage in the intermediate area, specifically with Kenny Pickett. So, so I, I think he's got that area, too. I, I think Christian Watson is – He's not just sort of an intriguing sleeper. He's a legitimate late first round talent. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I've mocked him uh, twice, and we're, we're doing our Chiefs draft shows uh, next week. The one I've, I've mocked him twice, and I, I, I won't come off of it when I like certain guys. I like him for a lot of reasons. I like the size. I like the speed. I like the fact he can block, and I like the fact that uh, two years ago he's the only guy in FCS to return two kicks for touchdowns as well. I'm a big fan. Yep of uh, Christian Watson. I'm not holding against him that it's a 70% running offense. I'm not holding it against him, his drop rate either, because he's not getting the opportunities uh, that some other receivers are. So 29-30, I have the Chiefs not trading up. I have them staying there because I don't see the quality and edge to move up for unless you're getting like an Aiden Hutchinson, which that's out of the question. And even Jermaine Johnson, I don't don't see him moving to the top 10. That's what they did for Mahomes. So I don't see that. And I did take a look at last year's top 20 sacker store, and there's 28 of them because eight of them were tied. 18 of the 28 were first-round picks. 12 of them were picked 1 through 15. So history would say and odds would say you've got to get up in the top 15 to get an elite edge rusher. However, I don't view this draft. I view this draft as, excuse me, like an asterisk on typical drafts because I feel you can still get quality from 15 to 32. Well, yeah, with this class, yes. I mean, this this class is about as good with edge talent, top to bottom, as you're going to see. Certainly the best in the five years that I've been doing this. Because you have the generational talents at the top, but it's not just that. Like, you, I mean, like, for instance, Jermaine Johnson, he's going to go in the teens probably, you know, maybe early teens. Typical year, he's a top 10 pick. And then you, you go later on, like the, the guys that will get taken, like um, the, the kid from Penn State or 
Boye Mafe, I, I think in a typical year, they're closer to, you know, the, the middle of the first round or into the, the early 20s. They're going to get picked after that. And then you can go into day two. You're going to get a guy in, in round two that would typically be a late first round pick or a guy in round three that would typically be a round two pick just because of how stacked it is this year. But, yeah, I, I, I agree with the, the, the sort of macro point about, about edge rushers where for the elite ones, it's, it's really a position of trump card athletic traits. There are other positions where you can find legitimate players uh, beyond the first round. Like, for instance, receiver. You see every single year uh, receivers taken in the second round that, that go on to make multiple pro balls. Like, like it's really hunting ground for receivers. But with, with the edge rushers, you want a true freak, you got to pay for the true freak. You know, speaking of Boye Mafe, he's a guy that I've, I've liked to the Chiefs from time to time. But I have no gopher fans as well. And I've talked to them that uh, sit there and watch it. And, of course, he plays – in your backyard. Uh, I did watch the Purdue game where he really stood out, had a sack, a couple tackles for loss. I uh, saw him playing some, uh, some other games as well, but that one really sticks out to me as one of his, his better games. What's your opinion on him? He was named um, the national side defensive MVP at the senior bowl. Cause he had a couple sacks and a forced fumble. Is, is he a late bloomer coming on strong or did you see this with him getting better when he was at university of Minnesota? You know, it, it was funny because his senior ball was exactly like the latter part of his collegiate career when we started to see him more where the first day of senior ball, ball practices on Tuesday, he was like a, a baby deer on ice. Like his, he just could not get his footing. He was getting knocked off balance, like all this sort of stuff. And you're like, oh, boy, you know, bad boy showed up. But then on Wednesday, nobody could block him. Literally unblocked. Nobody wanted any part of Boyam off. It was just destroying people. And, then, and that carried into Thursday as well. He's a guy on his best reps. He is unblockable. He, he, the, the length, the, the, the athleticism is just ridiculous, you know, for, for a player like that. We were talking about the freaks before. This is why his stock has gone up so much because that, that is all there. You, he, we've seen it on the field before, and, and now he proved it, you know, you know d- during the pre-draft process, uh, uh, testing process. But it's because of the – first of all, his first step is, is absolutely ludicrous. Again, when he, when he times it right, because sometimes it, it can be a, a sluggish thing off the ball – when, when he doesn't time it right, but when he times it right, gets that first step, the speed uh, on the outside, he'll take your outside shoulder in a split second, and then he can bend a clean corner, and, and he's right on the, the, the quarterback's doorstep. you got long levers. He's going to reel, reel the quarterback down real quick, get there in a couple of steps. Th- those are the best reps. But, you know, against the run right now, he, he doesn't really hold up. He doesn't set a hard edge. And then on, there's other reps, pass rushing reps, where he can get off balance or not time it right and have a slower get up, but we're, we have seen the coalescing of his skills more and more over the past couple of years. I live in Minneapolis. And so, you know, I, I got to follow boy a little bit early on. He just came to, to Minnesota. The reason that they brought him in was because this is a freak athlete. Like he, he wasn't a football player yet, but it's like, we can mold this. And they got closer and closer to doing it. He is not a, a finished product yet, despite being in, in college for five years, but he, he's getting closer. And if the light turns on full time, he's going to be a steal wherever he goes. Yeah, I think it'd be a great question seeing as, as uh, you live right there and the fact that he's been mocked to the Chiefs quite a bit. He's been a guy yep. that's been mocked to the Chiefs. I've even had him there as well. What, what do you, I'll leave you with this, Thor. What do you think of Karloftis out of Purdue? Because when I see him, I think of Max Crosby. 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, relentless in the same way Max Crosby was, was extremely underrated, you know, coming out of, of Eastern Michigan. The, the, the same things there, it, it's sort of that warrior ethos. Like, he's, he's like the Terminator. You're not going to stop him until you see the red light go out in his eye. Like, you know, every single play. <laughs> I, I, I sort of think of him as a rich man's uh, AJ Epinesa coming out of Iowa a couple years ago. Epinesa, he he was relentless like that. He had he had really good play strength. He was sort of a, a dual threat in that he set hard edges, played the run, and then he could also rush the passer in college. But we, you know when he did his pre-draft testing, he did not test as well. And and we've seen sort of a manifestation of that where where in the NFL he doesn't rush the passer as effectively as he did at Iowa when when that power really played up against Big Ten tackles. The the difference with Karloftis is he has the athletic profile. Like he was a Feldman freak lister, I think multiple time Feldman freak lister, and then he he skipped the testing at the combine, but he did do him at his pro day. And tested very well. Like, yeah, in like 23-degree weather, wasn't it? Ex- yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, he, and he still tested like a banshee. I, I, you know, I, I was sort of confused why he didn't test at, at, at the NFL Combine this year because the track was running so fast. I, I think he would have tested even better there. Where do you think he goes, Thor? I think he probably goes somewhere between like late teens and mid-20s. Um, I, I, I just don't see him falling. People say the Epinesa thing, and they're like, Epinesa fell out of the first round, so, so Karloff as well, too. But that's not taking into account, again, the differences in athletic profiles. Because of the athletic profile, I think he's going in the first round. Thor Nystrom, NBC Sports Edge. He's a Twitter handle, at ThorKU. Obviously, in this area, there's a lot of KU fans, Thor. I assume you are as well with that Twitter handle. I, I am a graduate of the University of Kansas, and may I just say, a dang proud one this week. <laughs> there, you, there you go. Julio, our producer, will be happy about that. But uh, I just noticed your, your Twitter, and I was like, Thor, can you quote, he's a, uh, he's, a, he's a Jayhawk fan as well. Thor, this has been a fun conversation. I greatly appreciate it, uh, my friend. And uh, we'll, we'll have, hopefully, people follow you up from Kansas City and, uh, and uh, see the great draft content you're putting out there. Rock Shock, appreciate you, brother. All right, thank you. There you go, Thor Nystrom right there, NBC Sports. I liked him, man. It's the first time I've had him on. I like different draft guys, but uh, I like Thor. He's a KU guy, though. You really That uh, part I don't like about him. But You, you really nerded out, by the way. But uh, I did. I like the way that phone call ended. It's, I did. It's nice. Oh, well, you're it glad nice. it ended is well, what you're I, saying. If he didn't say it, I was going to say it to him. So, you know, real, real Jayhawk fans know, though. So you thought that was geeky? Uh, that was pretty nerdy. That was... Uh, it was heavy draft talk. Yes. Yes, it was. It was kind of thick. But it was good. It was it, good. It was kind of thick. It was all relevant. Well, let's play around next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to Bank at Night. Jay Binkley, Julio Sanchez. Julio thought I got uh, geeky. You nerded out there. You did you did. You, you draft nerded out. It, but you know, that's what I do, though, man. Yeah, I know it's Friday night. You know, my I did go draft on your ass there. Heavy draft. Heavy, Heavy draft. draft. But I'm here. I'm here for it, Bank. You can go slow or you can go fast. You know what I'm saying? Thor was, man. He was rolling. He was fast. I like that, though, man. He had so much to say. But I like the boy Mafe because he played in his backyard. Was, I can tell with that accent, too, man. That was a thick northern accent. He had that uh, Minnesota accent going on, for sure. And he, I did I, check him out with Henry before, too, because uh, up in the Twin Cities. He knew his stuff, man. Yeah, you two nerded out hardcore. I like it. Well, I like that. You like the end part where he's a KU fan. Well, he graduated from there. 
But he obviously is from there. He went back right where, he, where, he, where he's from. Because he's know. pulling a Brian Kelly accent thing. But I doubt he's doing that. Uh, that's a low blow. I, no, he's why, not. Why that, you would hold him to that level, No, the I name Thor, know. he's definitely. He's definitely in. From Twin Cities. A northern guy. Yeah. I liked him, man. I have a lot of these guys on. I like him. New stuff, man. There was one draft guy that uh, I'll tell you about him. He, he's with the place I've had him on before. <laughs> so he, uh, if you keep in mind, all these guys are free. Like if we get Kurt Warner on and stuff, Michael Irvin, these guys, they're, 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 there's no charge. Yeah. They're, they're free guests to come on. And Thor was free. But it's typically when you hear sports radio guests, they're free and they're like a paid endorsement. And they're doing like a weekly segment or something like that. But I had one guy that I have on, I've had on before. I'm not men- going to mention his name. But he, you better tell me offline. He, yeah, but he sent me a link <laughs> to, to, what? to go book him. It's 10 bucks. <laughs> it's $10 yeah. to book him? And I was like, nah, man, I'm good. To pay? Yeah, I'll just talk draft with I don't yeah, need 10 bucks. I mean, especially when I got all that from free right there from Thor. This is, is we're not talking a national guy, right? He'd have to be a national guy. Oh, yeah, guy. he is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he is. He'd have to be a. But it's not, it's not a. It's 10 not bucks, like, though? It's not McShay or Kuiper or anybody like that. Well, t- I mean, 10 bucks, you're just, uh, you're just putting yourself in a bad position. Like, that's not I'm not, I'm not paying for anybody. Time. That's not I'm, worth anyone's time, $10. I'm what? not paying what? for, I'm not paying for anybody. That's such a, who, who came up with that $10 number? I, I don't know. I'll tell you about it. It's, uh, it, it, I, I, I absolutely <laughs> was laughing hysterically. Have I have I been on the show producing and we've had him on? I think so. All yeah, right. I think so. I'm looking forward but to it. But it's this. been in the years past. You've been with, with me for years. That's true. Like at least we're old. eight, nine years, something like that. I don't we're, know. We're how, how long have you been with me? Uh, I've been here almost seven years now. Okay. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a little. Long. I'm going on 10 this June. So got you barely, but not much. Not, I mean, you were here during much. the Royals run and all that. And yep. Yeah, I'm a I'm a veteran. I'm a veteran. I got some years under my belt. Boy, it's becoming a minute, isn't it? The Royals run. Oh, Did it, it seem like just yesterday? It does, and it's been a while. Look up, and it's uh, it's been years now since well, since they've been competitive, even right. Yeah, I'm just just you know thinking about it. I wonder if they're still going to wear the gold on Friday nights. We wouldn't know tonight because they didn't play in the night. But the the gold that you wear after the World I Series. Like the gold. And see if they still do it. Yeah, well, we'll find out. I bet they do. It's probably become ingrained in them. They're just used to doing it. Like this powder blues on Sundays. I love the powder blues. You see the new ones? Yeah. Just I, a I little bit them. different. I love them, though. I like the Nike jerseys. Yeah. Like, I like I that agree. look. Do you ever want the Royals to change? Or, I mean, the subtle changes they make, not big. Like the home uniform and everything. I mean, no. they, they have gone to, like, the slip-on and stuff in the past. And stuff, but it's basically the same look. Kramer and I, with the virtual Royals, we threw the throwbacks in once in a while. Remember when they went black sleeves for a while? Yep. With the vest and the black sleeves. I did like that hat, though. I like the change-ups. And I know know that people didn't like that hat when the Royals wore the road hat, the black hat, and the blue belt. People did not like it. I actually liked it. Yeah, I didn't mind it. I wore that hat forever. You you do wear your – you use and abuse your hats, by the way. Like, sometimes I'll I'll look at your hats, and they're just just crusty. I mean, that's – let's just call it what it is, right? You wear them well. I wouldn't want the. I love the Royals color schemes. I love I love everything about that organization and how they portray themselves as far as color schemes and uniforms and all. I wouldn't want them to change any of that. No. Are you good with the Chiefs uniforms staying the same? Um, I I gotta I gotta say I'm not a big fan of any of the. I don't know. What do we consider that? Yellow or gold? Or what do we no, consider? Yeah, the, the, the quote, those, every the team's got an alternate. Stuff. Like yeah, the Raiders yeah. have a gray one. The, Sometimes teams ugly. wear those. Ugh. No, that, if, that color just bugs me. 
If they went all black and like a matted helmet, I, I would. Oh, I could probably. I uh, probably. You know what though? It's the way sexy. things are. It's the way things are. We see college teams like Notre Dame will change things up. Nebraska changed things up. Now I think they're some of the purest uniforms in college football with Penn State, Nebraska, Alabama. Alabama. They just don't change them. It's the yep. same ones. Yep. And I do like that about the Chiefs, the Raiders, same way. They've basically yep. kept the same yep. scheme forever. Like I, I like that and respect that. It's not like the Arizona Diamondbacks, they have like fifty uniforms. Yeah. They're like the Oregon Ducks of Major League Baseball. They're like Oregon. <laughs> but uh yeah, we'll see. I, I do like uh, I do like the uniforms staying the same. Maybe it's I do. I don't like big change, but I would deal with it every once in a while. Yeah, I like to switch it up maybe. They, the they Chiefs, didn't wear the Dallas Texans hat once. They did. Why not do that was black, weird. Like a black matted helmet. Yeah, that was that was a little strange. Right, I, mean, I I could deal even if they wore the red uniforms with the black banded helmet. I I like that. I, just once, you know, just once. Yeah, I, I wish they would do maybe like a metallic red kind of thing with the or helmets, a white helmet like that. Yeah, or some like yeah, switch it up like big time every now and then. Yeah, why not? Plus, they did they did change up a little bit revenue. last year when they went to the white face mask. Yeah, or they yeah. white face they went to the gray. Yeah, but they went to are, the gray. Those face are just mask. subtle subtle things. Okay. I like that. I like it, too. Coming up next, uh, a coach uh, says something in the NFL that uh, makes you say, hmm. Discuss that next. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.